With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What is up, Steeler fans? Welcome back to another State of the Steelers. I'm your Steel Curtain Network host, Daniel. And today we're talking about the Steelers hosting the Ravens. Is this Canada's last chance as offensive coordinator? Can they turn the ship around? Before we get into the Ravens game, let's talk about where the Steelers currently stand. Steelers are currently in second place in the in the division at two and two. Steelers with a win over Baltimore would be first place in the AFC North. Could be detrimental. The Cincinnati Bengals take on the Arizona Cardinals on Sunday in Arizona. There's no give me games in this league. And the way the Cincinnati Bengals have been playing, you can't just chalk this up as a win. But on paper, the Cincinnati Bengals should win this game. And if they do so, they will go up to two and three. The Browns are on a bye, but they're two right now. So the Steelers win first place. If they lose and Cincinnati ends up doing what they're supposed to do, they're in the last place in the division. Going into the bye, having that taste of loss for two weeks in a row, mind you, and one game against the Houston Texans that was embarrassing. So, you know, the Steelers still have to play the Baltimore game. But if they end up losing, they go into the bye, fourth place, confidence out the window. I know the Pittsburgh Steelers went into the bye last year 
and came out of it and completely turned things around. And I'm hoping that they they can do the same thing this year. But going into the by first place, first place, in my opinion, I just think that the confidence and the performance going out, coming out of the bye would just be that much better. Now, for the Steelers taking on the Ravens, is it enough? Just for the Steelers to win, for Matt Canada to keep his job, or for the fans to you know not be doing the fire Matt Canada you know chance and and things like that. No, I, I, Steelers have to show up and have to be significantly better offensively, which is going to be tough because you're going up against a familiar Baltimore Ravens, a team that is well aware of what your strengths and weaknesses are. You know, when it comes to division games, that's what teams prepare their team for, right? The Steelers prepare their team to go up against the Baltimore Ravens, the Browns, the Bengals, because those are the teams that they play every single year, multiple times a year. And in this matchup, where majority of the time, victory is only by three points, regardless of who is on the field in any position where they're, you know, the Steelers are having quarterback issues or the Baltimore Ravens are having quarterback issues. If certain running backs are out on either side, it always ends up coming down to like a three point game. And if this ends up being one of those like 13, 10 type of games, I would understand, but I don't know if everybody in Steelers nation would say, Hey, that's the Baltimore Raven game. That's a game that's usually low scoring. I think everybody's going to say, look, there's another game where Matt Canada just failed no 400 yards under 20 points and just a poor performance by the offense and if that ends up being the case i think the steelers are going to have a hard time controlling the narrative or the fan base and it's going to get out of control with the fireman canada chance is it rightfully so does he deserve it i think so you know to a certain extent i think there are certain you know, contexts that need to be put in place when it comes to his performance but overall you know his play calling has become a little bit bull for the most part, and his, well, maybe not even just a little bit predictable, it's a lot of it predictable. <laughs> and the concepts are simple, and the timing in which he calls plays are just questionable. You know, I mean, we go back to last week where the Steelers are on fourth and one against the Houston Texans, and instead of, you know, lining up uh, under center, you know, where you can at least threaten the possibility of a sneak or handoff up the middle. Steelers going shotgun and try to throw the ball and had had the Steelers executed or had Kenny Pickett thrown the ball to almost anyone because there were several receivers open on that play and it had been caught and gone for a first down. You know, nobody would be talking about that play as much. Right. Everybody say, hey, you know, great call. We were expecting a run or quarterback sneak. And you know what they did? They came out and shotgun, spread everybody out, you know, through the ball. They came in with a heavier package and spread them out. And that's what everybody's been saying that they want the Steelers to do. Come out heavy. If the opposition comes out heavy, spread them out. All right. And if um, if they come in, you know, slot corners, middle linebackers, more designed for coverage, package, run it down their throat. Didn't work, you know, as a fan base and, and just in general. Everybody is result-oriented. The result wasn't what we wanted. I get it. I understand it. I do, too. I would have probably done something under center just to have that threat make the defense think that you're going to be going you know, up the middle, whether it's with the quarterback or, or with Najee, and you know, do something different, whether it's a pass from under center, which they haven't done you know, all season. You know, that would have been something that you don't expect. You know, at least it wasn't a, a Hail Mary pass in the red zone, right? Now, that was the most head-scratching decision that I had ever seen when it came to the play calls, and that was the one a couple games ago where Steelers are in the red zone, and 
they run four goes. It was actually, I think it was to the uh, 49er game. Just unbelievable, unbelievable, unbelievable performance. Now, does Canada deserve scrutiny? Yeah, he hasn't had, the offense hasn't had 400-yard game as an OC. He's had three different quarterbacks with similar stats. You know, this year alone, the averages for the offense are just horrible, the stats. I mean, this offense is is averaging less than five plays per drive. Then 9% of drives end up in touchdowns with less than 20% of drives total ending in points. That's horrible. That is absolutely horrible. They're averaging just over 20 yards per drive. I mean, when you combine it with this team averaging less than five plays per drive, that equates to some frustrating football. Five plays per drive for 20 yards per drive average. That is insane. Insane. Less than two minutes per drive time of possession average. But like I mentioned, is it all in Canada? No, not really. The players need to do their part. They need to execute. Najee Harris came out earlier this week and stated the same. He said, if you think that it's the coach's fault, you just don't know. Football. It's the coach's job to coach and the player's job to execute and play. In his opinion, the players have just come out soft. They haven't done their, you know, what they're doing. I can honestly say that watching the film, that that is true. Offense and defensively. You know, last week against the, the Houston Texans, which I'll tell you, I saw that game in stadium. I saw that game. I saw the broadcast version of the game, and I saw the all-22 coaches for the game. All of it is ugly. There was very little good that came out of that game. Physicality was poor. Block got blocked by a wide receiver one-on-one on a run towards his side. That that block was the first and initial block that he, he was engaged with. It wasn't a surprise block. It wasn't a cut block. The receiver got in front of him turned him and blocked him. It was horrible. And, and a, a, a tight end did the same thing as well. Marcus Golden got blocked by receivers multiple times. Cole Holcomb got pancaked by a receiver. Levi Wallace got thrown to the ground like a rag doll. That pancake by a receiver, Marcus Golden being hit by a receiver, and Levi Wallace being thrown to the ground all happened on the same play too. Horrific defense. This is why when Coach Tomlin said that there needed to be an entire change, they needed, there needed to be more physicality. That's what he's talking about. It's 100% true. Offensive line, oh, they played horrible as well. They're getting no push off the off the line. Nate Herbig was a guy that was filling in for the injured James Daniels. And man, that guy really, really didn't show up. I had a little bit of a concern about him, to be honest with you. And the reason being was because while they were doing their warmups, they were stretching. Herbig was just walking back and forth. You know, that this is where they do like high knees for about 15 yards, turn around, do high knees, or they'll go and they'll like, you know, walk two steps and then drop a knee and stretch and then walk two steps, drop a knee and stretch and you know, stuff like that. They do it back and forth for about 10 minutes. Herbig did about half of them. And those that he did do were, it was as if I was doing it, you know, it took like five steps and then halved it going down, coming up. You know what I mean? Just not, just not being a, into it. I mean, I was just like watching him play and I'm like, man, this guy doesn't even look like he's about to start. And then his performance on the field, Showed that he was not ready to start. He did poor. You know, I was I was expecting with his reputation of being nasty and physical that the Steelers were going to have you know some more push through the center of the line, and it just wasn't the case. Just wasn't the case. And like I said, the team wasn't physical. But when it comes to like the three quarterback thing, going back to Canada, when it comes to the three different quarterbacks and similar stats, who who are those three quarterbacks? One was Ben Roethlisberger, and yeah, Emmer, the whole nine yards. I get it. First ballot Hall of Fame. Player, all of honors for the Pittsburgh Steelers, greatest quarterback of all time for the Pittsburgh Steelers, in my opinion. But he wasn't the same quarterback his last year winning under Canada. He really wasn't. And if you think that Ben Roethlisberger was, you know, had a different coordinator, that he would have performed differently or had 
better abilities to throw the ball down the field or any of those things, or, or even the offensive line that they had, which I don't know if Canada had a lot to do with putting that offensive line together, especially since like some of it was already there. Some of it was new. I don't know if it was Canada's decision to start and or draft Kendrick Green and put him at center or put Dan Moore in left tackle position, right? So you had, there's some context there, right? You had an older quarterback that couldn't move, whose elbow and arm was not the best with an offensive line that was glued together and not very good. The following year, that last year, you have Mitch Trubisky. Now, if you think that there's an offensive coordinator out there that can turn Mitch Trubisky into a Super Bowl winning quarterback, I have an ocean view property in Arizona for you. That, you, that I could sell you for cheap, just like George Strait says. That's not what it is. Mitch Trubisky, he's a solid number two. In certain cases, he can come in, take care, keep you uh, you know, in games, not kill you. Now, I know that last year he had the Baltimore Ravens game where he came in, and yeah, it didn't look good. It was a horrible game for him. But he was able to move the ball up and down the field. But he also did come in against Tampa Bay and essentially win that game. Tom Brady after Pickett went down with a concussion. So, you know, he's had some good performances coming in as a backup. He's had some bad ones to be determined when it comes to him as a backup. And Matt Kenneth Lundy, that he's had the opportunity to work with thus far is Kenny Pickett. Now, let's talk about last year first. Kenny Pickett coming in, middle of the season, going up against four teams that it was a gauntlet part of the the season. You're going up against the four best teams in your rec- uh, on your record during that time. You had the Philadelphia Eagles, who ended up being the NFC representing the Super Bowl. You had the Buffalo Bills, who were expected to be the AFC representative in the Super Bowl. Yeah, Tampa Bay at the time was doing great things. Their defense was playing amazingly. And you had the Miami Dolphins, who was also on the rise. In those moments, especially like the first game against Buffalo, you have a rookie quarterback coming in a quarter of the season already done. The opposing team has had four weeks to gel and build chemistry. This is Kenny Pickett's first week. I don't think that the best chance for winning is opening up the playbook in that situation. You know what I mean? I think you're going to do exactly what Steelers did is keep it simple and try to make uh, things easier for your young quarterback. Didn't work. Buffalo Bills, the Eagles, they were all great talents. Blew the Steelers out. Blew them out. This year, the Steelers are expected to make a jump. Kenny Pickett's expected to make a jump. But after watching 22 and stuff, there's a lot of plays that are left out there. You know, there are receivers that are open in majority of the plays. There are times Kenny Pickett is looking at the open receiver and has time in the pocket and chooses not to throw. I don't know why. I don't know if he's his confidence is, is shocked from you know going up against the 49ers and he just has no confidence in, in his front line and the in the plays that are being called, things like that. I don't know. Maybe that's the case. But up to this point, it's been it's been pretty subpar. It's about the same as last year. A lot of people were saying, oh, he's regressing. He's regressing. I don't see a regression. I see the same player. Last year, Kenny Pickett ran out of clean pockets. Last year, there were open receivers where Kenny Pickett was looking at, and he didn't throw it. Last year, Kenny Pickett has struggled with the zone defense. The difference is now defenses have been had the opportunity to go through its you know rookie season figure out what he's good at, what he's bad at, and attack him in certain ways. Now, when Kenny's facing a a man defense, he's a lot better than when he's facing a a zone defense. And what concerns me is when I'm watching the All-22, I'm watching the Steelers defense, I'm seeing 21-year-old rookie C.J. Stroud do a lot of the things that Kenny Pickett doesn't do well. I saw him read a defense, read the zone, on a certain play. He's hit the weak parts of the zone, uh, whether that's between – the numbers and the hash marks or in between the hashes and the middle between the safeties. I've seen 
accurate throws. I've seen Drake move up into the pocket and not get flustered with pressure and things like that. Uh, I'll be honest, there was a little bit of QBN being watching that game. But the concerning part is that that was the only the fourth game for CJ Stroud, and he already looks like he surpassed Kenny Pickett, who's had a full year. Now, could that be a, a coaching thing? Maybe, maybe, maybe CJ Stroud's defensive minded head coach is just that much better than the Steelers' defensive minded head coach. You know, maybe the offensive coordinator for, for the Texans is better. I don't know. You know, watching all 22, the Houston Texans didn't have anything special when it came to their offensive calls. Their routes weren't complicated. In fact, they were much more simple than what the Pittsburgh Steelers were running. The main difference with the Steelers defense was communication. There were so many times where you can see them trying to talk to each other and they just don't know where they're going or where they're supposed to line up. On the touchdown on the first drive, uh, Minka Fitzpatrick and I believe it was Cole Holcomb both ended up in the same place and leaving the middle of the field open for the slant for Nico Collins to take advantage of Levi Wallace over the middle. And you can see it on the all 22, you're seeing Minka and it was actually Landon Roberts. Uh, They're pointing back and forth, trying to figure out who's lining up where. And then when the ball is snapped, they both go to the same spot. So there's, you know, my opinion, those be fixed. Those are communication issues. The physicality on the defensive line though, that that needs to change. That, That needs to improve by a lot. But when it comes to the execution of secondary i think they have the ability to be a decent secondary they just gotta continue to build the chemistry and continue to get better but to go back to the uh, the offense is this matt canada's last chance or last thing i don't think so the steelers are not a team that's going to panic and fire a guy mid-season and i said it last season when people wanted to fire people were chanting out to fire matt canada i was like you know if you were to think about this before the season starts do you think the steelers would get desperate to fire an offensive coordinator mid-season or early in the season. Is that a move that the Steelers would make? I don't think so. I don't think that's a move they would make this year either. It has been rumored that this is Matt Canada's final year on his contract. If it ends up being the case, I don't think he ends up coming back, but I I don't think he's going to be finished before the end of the season. Don't go anywhere. We're going to take a quick break, get a couple of words from our sponsors. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Steelers and Ravens game and what the Steelers need to do to win. Don't go anywhere. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. 
Revolutionary technology. Real world results. That's SAP Business AI. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. And welcome back to State of the Steelers, where we're talking about the Steelers hosting the Baltimore Ravens. But before we get into it, I want to remind you guys, if you guys aren't checking out SteelCurrentNetwork.com, what are you waiting for? You know, to get up to date on all your Steelers news and coverage and analysis, go check it out. Multiple articles a day, multiple breaking news articles a day. If there is a move that the Pittsburgh Steelers make, it is notified and documented on SteelCurrentNetwork.com. Everything from major news to practice squad moves. Get informed about your team by going to philcurtainnetwork.com. And while you're there, check out the audio podcasts that are out there outside of this one. You know, I know if you're listening to this, you probably have heard of the Let's Ride podcast with Jeff Hartman, or Bad Language with Byron Anthony Davis, the Stat Geek with Dave Schofield, and so much more. Go check it out. Give a five-star like, subscribe, do all those things wherever you get your podcasts. So back to this, this game that's about to happen you know, this Sunday. The Steelers definitely need to do something different you know going in there and playing the same plays doing the same concepts is work and you know that's kind of still bouncing off of matt canada from the first part what i have noticed is if the steelers do something that work matt canada goes back to it early and often and it becomes predictable for instance we all saw the deep pass to calvin austin against the raiders and then we saw the same type of play against houston which ended up being interception now granted Austin had a stab and had Kenny put it out in front of him, that probably is a T. But it was identified by the Houston Texans based on what they had seen on film. And had it been a better defense, which I'm not taking any of they completely demolished the Pittsburgh Steelers. I just think that it doesn't take much of a defense to do so at this point. And it's sad to say, but it's true. And And if they were able to recognize it, I'm sure better defense could, and the result may have been regardless going up against a top-tier defense. But I digress about that whole situation. Let's talk about the injury report. Let's talk about who's going to be playing and who's not. As of recording, Presley Harvin has not participated yet. He still has a hamstring issue. Brad Wing came in from, I thought he did okay. Wasn't as good as what we've seen from Presley Harvin this year. You know, against the Raiders, Presley Harvin was just phenomenal. That was probably his best game as a punter this year so far. He's been pretty consistent. You know, the first couple of games, he had a few. He probably want a couple that he wants to take back. But for the most part, you know, the last couple of games, he's done well. Obviously, he didn't play against Houston. But it don't appear that he's going to play against the Baltimore Ravens Sunday afternoon. Now, going into the uh, Texans game, I had actually, like I said, I went to the game and I saw this while we were walking in. I was like, I think the Steelers are going to be able to force a muff punt uh, opportunity. The the Texans are going to muff a punt on the, in this game because the Steelers went to a left-footed punter late in the week last week. And I don't remember the Texans bringing in a punter like the Steelers did when they went up against a left-footed punter. Brad Wing initially came in or came to the Bush practice squad because the Steelers were going up against a left-footed punter. He came back because Presley Harvin got injured. It wasn't basically his, you know, him being brought on and working his way up, right? If Baltimore, you know, goes in this without practicing for a left-footed punter, maybe there's another muff punt. 
who knows? Kenny Pickett has been a full participant with his knee. He's going to end up playing. You know, for me personally, I think he should probably rest this week, not just because of his knee, but he's probably been through a lot mentally as well. You know, taking on the pressure of being the starting quarterback, not doing so well and struggling and having the media and the fans basically attacking his offensive coordinator. Fans are, are turning on Kenny, you know, saying that he may not be a franchise type of guy, which I'll be honest, I'm one of them. I, I don't I don't see it. Not yet. Now, it's still early in his career, and he's still young enough to turn it around, and maybe he will, but right now, I don't see any anything elite. doesn't have an elite arm, legs, accuracy, or any of those things, so if he's going to be successful, he needs to be able to read the field, and, and right now, that's not the case, and so maybe with the right offensive coordinator, right game plan, right teacher that can get through to him and you know get him where he needs to be, I don't see that with him. And I think that in this situation, I know you know there's no breaks in football. There's no like mental break. Like, hey, I'm going to take this week off. That doesn't happen. All right, you got to be tough. You got to go out there. You got to do your job. But for this situation, to make sure that you know Kenny has the, the best opportunity, I, I would probably pull him. He didn't look so good from the videos either that have come out. Mobility is definitely not there. And I don't know if that's going to equate to him staying tall in the pocket more, or if that's going to make, you know, this team run the ball more, which those two things would be an improvement that's going to cause him to panic earlier and throw inconsistently. So those are the questions that come with it. Uh, Cole Holcomb was a full participant, but he's been dealing with a back injury. This is one that's pretty concerning to me. It's Alex Highsmith. He had a groin injury and apparently, I mean, he showed up as a non-participant on Thursday, but wasn't on there for Wednesday. So that typically means that the happened late in the day on Wednesday or after practice Wednesday before Thursday. That could be a a negative blow for the Steelers if he cannot go. He can't go this uh, weekend. Dan Moore has been out again for me. I think he's going to be out for a few weeks, to be honest with you. This is going to give Broderick Jones another opportunity to go in there and show, you know, why they drafted him in the 14th spot overall and why the Steelers moved up. I think last week he started off slow. You know, I know a lot of people were blaming him for the Kenny Pickett injury, but that was more on Kenny running into uh, trouble than Dan uh, than Broderick Jones having a missed block or whatever the case may be. You know, I. Th- throughout the game. I thought as the game progressed, so did Roger Jones. He looked like a guy that wasn't expected to play early on, to be honest with you. And, you know, now getting a full week of preparation, knowing that you're the guy, this will be a good measurement as to he's at. Chicks core four. He's been dealing with a uh, elbow. He he came back as a full participant and he needs to step it up. Chicks has just not been playing good this year as well. He needs to step it up. Uh, James Daniels looks like he's going to be out again with a growing. He hasn't participated. Now, when it comes to James Daniels, and him being out, it, it's about Nate Herbig, in my opinion. He just, he looked rough. He looked really rough in this game against the Texans. You know, I know a lot of people say, hey, maybe we should try him at center. I don't know about that. During warmups, he was practicing as a center. They were snapping, and his snaps were not good. You know, uh, I believe he was snapping the ball to Mitch Trubisky, which tells me that he's probably the second center because Spencer was snapping the ball to Mason Rudolph. And when Nate Herbig was just snapping the ball, it just it didn't look good. The, the, the snaps were, were wonky. The ball was wonky. It, it didn't travel in a spiral or anything, and they were all over the place. So I'm not I'm not sure about Nate Herbig right now. He needs to step it up. I'm hoping that, you know, he learns from the tape, sees where he did wrong and comes through this week. Pat Fryermuth, he hasn't participated with a hamstring. I don't think he's going to end up playing uh, for a couple of games. I think the earliest we might see him is after the bye, but I'm a little bit skeptical on that as well. It didn't sound like it was too promising of a hamstring tear. 
or injury. I don't know if it was a tear or not, but that means that Darnell Washington is going to get more time and possibly a passing target. Maybe, maybe they use him in the passing game. I don't know. I don't understand why the Pittsburgh Steelers haven't to this point. He's been open. He's open a lot. He's shown that he can catch the ball and he can do some things with the ball in his hand. Just don't understand it. I understand the, the angle there that the Pittsburgh Steelers are doing to not get him the ball. The Steelers have elevated Rodney Williams from the practice squad to the 53-man roster. I think that's a good move. Uh, I know a lot of people were talking about, hey, maybe the Steelers should go you know, pick up Zach Gentry off of the uh, Cincinnati Bengals practice squad. And, you know, I wouldn't be opposed to it, you know, but I think that Rodney Williams, you know, outperformed Gentry in preseason. And I think he has more upside, especially in the passing game, but as a blocker as well. With Pat Fryermuth out, that could be somewhat of a blessing in disguise against the Baltimore Ravens. In this game, I anticipate the Steelers are going to try to run the ball more. And with Pat Fryermuth, he's just not very good at blocking. He really isn't. He's not that dude. It's unfortunate because, you know, you go and watch the Houston Texans game and you're watching smaller wide receivers do a lot better job than Pat Fryermuth against a lot better competition. And he just doesn't do it. Him having a Rodney Williams and a Darnell Washington, that could be something as far as getting off the line and people back. So this could be somewhat of a uh, blessing in disguise for the running game, so to speak. And Marvin Leal's a guy that's going to be up in the air, in my opinion. He was limited participant on Thursday with a concussion. He's going to have to be a full participant before they clear him to, to play. I saw the play where he uh, got injured. As I mentioned, I was in stadium and I was in the end zone and this particular play happened close to my end zone and it was pretty obvious he had a concussion uh he made a tackle or a hit on somebody and when he got up when he got up on all uh, on his knees in his hand was just kind of shaking his head like shaking the cobwebs out stood up continued to do that shake his head and then he walked towards the sideline and it didn't look like he was his balance was all there needless to say and so looking out for his health if he needs another week he needs another week you can't you can't play with those type of injuries you know what i mean now as far as the baltimore ravens it appears that they're getting healthier uh, the Steelers typically play good against them, whether they're healthy or not, but they are getting healthier. They have here listed Jalen Amore Davis with a hamstring. He's a full participant. He looks like he's coming back. Rashad Bateman with a hamstring. He was a full participant. He looks like he's going to be a go. Odell Beckham, he had an ankle. He was limited as of Thursday. You know, Odell Beckham doesn't really scare anyone. I thought he was, he had good speed when, you know, prior to his ACL injuries. And, you know, he has hands, but. He's had a couple of ACLs. He's over 30 now. He's not the same guy. So the speed isn't there. Maybe the hands are. The Steelers have played fairly well against Odell back when he was with the Cleveland Browns. Justice Hill running back, he's had a foot and a hamstring. He's been limited. Marlon Humphrey's had a foot and he's been limited. Tackle Win Moss, a shoulder limited. 99, outside linebacker, Odafi Owe has an ankle. He has not participated up to this point at the time of this recording. So that could be some good news for the Steelers if he ends up not playing. He's a fast outside linebacker that can cause some havoc. Ronnie Stanley tackle. He's been a full participant with a knee. Marcus Williams safety. He had a pictorial, but he's been a full participant. Daryl Worley has shoulder. He's not been participating. So he's another question mark more Ravens. All in all, I think they're going to be relatively healthy, a lot healthier than they have been when they play the Pittsburgh Steelers. Typically when the Steelers and Ravens meet up, it's on the second half of the season. You know, it's been like week 10 and 14, stuff like that, right? I think it's this year, it's the uh, 
Cincinnati Bengals that the Pittsburgh Steelers have a uh, odd schedule like that where they play them twice, you know, relatively close together, but on the second half of the season. So this will be the healthiest that the Baltimore Ravens play the Pittsburgh Steelers. Unfortunately, the Steelers just aren't there healthy. Uh, the same the Steelers are just banged up across the board. Probably looking forward to this bye week to get healthy. You know, every time the, the schedule comes out and the bye week comes early, everybody's like, man, it's a horrible time to have a bye week. Six is a horrible time to have a bye week. Uh, I think it's pretty, it's a pretty good time right now. So it's time for a prediction. I think this game stays close for a while. You know, this is a Baltimore-Pittsburgh Steelers rivalry. The Steelers know the Baltimore Ravens, what they do and how they want to do it. They're familiar with Lamar Jackson and his abilities, his strengths, his weaknesses. I, I think this is going to be a close game early on. I do think that the one team is going to pull away. And unfortunately, I think that's going to be the Ravens. I just don't have faith in the Steelers' odds. I don't think that they can put up much points. You know, Matt Canada was given a bunch of flack because he had made a statement, something to the effect that this team wasn't built to come from behind. You know, he ended up correcting that statement and stating that that's not what he was saying, that the game plan that they had for the 49ers wasn't built to come from behind. So they had to switch it. They had to change it. It was built to, you know, it was was a running the ball game plan built to control the clock and take time off the clock, which they completely failed at that during that game. But they had to throw that game plan out because they were now down by three scores, and that game plan was not built to come from behind. But with all that said, the Steeler offense is not built to come from behind right now. And Well, maybe they are built. They're just not capable at this time. They like experience, cohesiveness, chemistry, the whole nine yards right now to be that team. I think they have the talent on the team to do it. I just don't know if they have the mental anguish to do it. You know what I mean? So I'm going to say that the Ravens win 24 to 13. The Steelers offense puts up a touchdown about it. Rest of its field goals until the team ends up doing something different. You got to kind of have to be honest with yourself. You know, I mean, I can lie and say, yeah, you know, I think the Steelers are going to win this game and I hope they do. I just... I think it's going to be a uphill battle for the Steelers, who are a little bit banged up right now. They haven't been very physical. You know, this has not been a physical team going up against a very physical team of the Ravens. You know, the Steelers defensively haven't stopped a nosebleed. You know, the Ravens can run the ball pretty good, so I'm concerned about the matchup. Ravens are going to win 24 to 13. Oh, hope for a upset this weekend. I'll be watching the game, hoping so as well. That's all I got for you guys today. I hope you guys enjoyed the program. We'll be back on Monday talking about the Steelers and and the Ravens game on the hangover. Don't want to miss it. We'll see you guys then. Till then, peace.